Welcome to the Are We Convinced podcast. This is where we deep dive into the strange, the funny, the serious topics of the week. I was going to say back by popular demand, um, although he's not even here. So that kind of defeats the opening line I was going to say. Uh, Stuart Bamford will be joining us, but he is late. <laughs> Our other guest that we have on this podcast today. Um, probably the most recognisable voice in radio. That's the tagline that I'm going to give right now, right here. Uh, Paul Kennedy, PK. By that account, you expect me to speak then for a while, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sit here going like this. Just where people go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I've never done a podcast before. That was going to be my first question. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this is going that, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm amazed that you haven't been on a podcast already. Uh, I don't, I, I kind of get busy. And I, I like, there's one of my friends who said to me, you need to do a podcast with some of the, the people you know within the business. And I'm like, yes, I absolutely do. And I will. And I've been saying that for about a year. Yeah. Um, and at some point I, I will, because I've asked people um, if they'll do it with me. And they've mm-hmm. all gone, yeah, yeah, let me know what you want when you want it. It's just finding the time. Yeah. Um, but it will eventually come. But you, usually when someone says to me something that involves a camera, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't really I care know, because, hey guys. But um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is good fun because I know you and I know Banford and when he eventually comes on, we can slag him off. <laughs> yeah. yep. I, I mean, he told me, just for context, it's now 20 past three and he said five to three, no problem, send me the link. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Is this a usual thing with Banford? I mean, usually um, he just sends me random voice messages at four o'clock in the morning. Well, certainly in the last episode, he's pretty on time, but okay. he did have Paul Orr with him. So whether that was an influence, don't know. But, That's but, wanting to get in and get out as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> also, would you mind reminding me every now and again that this is being taped and will be broadcast? Because when I'm speaking yeah. to my friends, I tend to let the guard down. Or is that your whole plan? That's probably the whole plan. Um, I, I, this is like a even even you know, all those Zoom calls and those team meetings. I don't think we'll, I will ever get used to them. No. And the thing is, every fibre of my body wants to conduct this the same way some people yep. do when they're in team meetings. So I kind of yep. kind of want to go like this and every now and yep. again just go. Yep. Or just hide the camera, just put the camera away. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And every now and again, just go, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> or in most meetings, all you hear from me is, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen people cook their dinner and brush their floor and all kinds of things whilst on those team meetings. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there. There's something, there's something weird about them. I, I don't, I don't like them. I don't enjoy them. I, I mean, this is as close as I get to enjoying anything that could be loosely described as a meeting. I can't yeah. stand meetings. Meetings, by the way, are never meetings. They're mm-hmm. presentations based on something that you're about to be presented with. And anybody that interjects in any way to this presentation yep. is in unnecessarily elongating. Oh. What is a presentation? It's on a screen. Yeah. There's a board in front and they're flicking through it and they're scrolling and someone goes, yeah. So what you're saying is, I'm like, stop repeating it. And they say the same thing. Oh, I hate that. Or, or the question at the end. Does anyone have yeah. any questions? It's, oh, it no, has to be don't. a no every time. Of course you don't have any questions. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were all left sitting there for an extra 20 minutes. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> My, so obviously, we, I mean, we have to talk about radio, but we have to talk about kind of yeah. a little bit of, of your journey. I've got a few um, Are You Convinced questions that we'll get to. Okay. Um, your journey in radio, how how long have you been on air totally? You know, not just one station, but but when was your first slot that you had on um, air? 1990. 
seriously, yeah. 1990, and it was... I just wanted to do it. Like, there's nothing... There was nothing saying to me, Banford! Uh, we have just been talking about our... Well, are you convinced about Teams meetings and Zoom meetings? Uh, that was our first kind of topic, right? And you've just came out of one. I think I'm the problem. Right. In the right. meetings. Um, <laughs> no, I think, for you know, for the likes of interviews with artists, it's made life a heck of a lot easier and you do it on your own terms and you're not relying on a, a fat, uh, aggravated, grumpy engineer to come and yell at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. It's, oh, you're only 20 minutes late, so that's, you're, you're all good. Sorry. Sorry. And we're just I, I love the, I love it was the, the delayed pause, but it was like the assumption of an apology was coming. It was like, <laughs> I, I actually, I'm, I'm waiting to see what uh, Pistol's editing skills will be like when this eventually makes it on. <laughs> oh, t- t- judging by the last episode, they are 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we were, we're talking about um, uh, the, the PK journey in radio. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go back there. So first ever show I did was uh, a tech up in 1990 when everybody went to the Christmas party. Then after that, it was a phone call. Now, when you get a job in radio, you're never given a three-week run into the gig. It's always, can you do it in 15 minutes? And I went, yeah, I can. And I was on in 15 minutes on the radio doing a Sunday night show, which was on after a jazz show or something like that. And it was just, it was just fun because I... I didn't want to do anything else. I don't know how to do anything else. And from that, everything I've done has involved um, music or a mic. That's it from day one. And that, it must be mad to think if, when you step outside that and think about that. You know, every day you're obviously not, you're not kind of taking it in, but to yeah, think about uh, that you've been involved in the industry for so long. To be honest, I kind of do. I, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, mm-hmm. but I love what I do every day and it's it does sound cheesy and it sounds made up but I wouldn't be doing as much as I'm doing if I didn't love it um you know on different ideas and always looking for something to do next or you know is there an opportunity in something else that involves radio because my opinion of it there will be plenty of people who think they want to be on the radio there'll be plenty of people who think they deserve to be on the radio um and have by all means have that outlook on life but Speaking to somebody who's been doing it for quite a while, um, th- the want to do it has to be followed by get, not getting paid, then getting paid very little, then working very unsociable hours, then doing it for about a year and saying to the boss, well, what do you think of the show? And him going, who are you? Oh, you're the one that was on. So you have to go through all that. And anybody that's on the radio not having gone through that, to me, is on a kind of a road to being lost because... That is just the way you get onto radio. And unless you're thinking about your next show or where you can go next in radio, I think you're taking up somebody else's job, to be honest. And I do want to mention the the Top 10 10 because Top 10 10, everyone has has heard it. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's heard that slot. Um, When did that first happen for you? Was that an idea born with you? You know, that was your your thing? Yeah. Um, It was because when I worked in um, a factory, um, I worked there for six months and the guy phoned me on the day at the end of my trial period. And he said, um, you don't really want to work here, do you? And I went, how did you know? And he says, you never do overtime. And the cleanest machine is the one with the radio on it. I'm not joking you. And he said, you don't want to be here. 
And I said, I really don't. And from that day on, I always wanted to do a show, which was along the lines of the top 10 at 10. Mm-hmm. And it must have been a time in cool where either I said, look, we'll do something at 10 o'clock after the breakfast show. And first of all, it was just a load of songs from one year. And when it started, you would have been able to go back further to like 88, 89, maybe or something like that. But then it turned into the year or the week of the year. So the top 10 that'll be on the same day as this is going out mm-hmm. will be the top 10 from that year. And then it just became something fun to do. And you, you, it's, it's a thing whereby if you sound like you don't know what you're talking about, it loses all credibility. So you have to sound like you know what you're talking about, even if you don't. And that's part of the job of radio every time. But um, yeah, the top 10 out of 10 is something that I just love doing. It's, you get to be, you know, every now and again, you go back a little bit far, but I mean, realistically, I've got an 11 year old daughter who sings girls just want to have fun. Yeah. At what point is that yeah. not okay to play? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, but the top 10 is good fun to do. And it's, it seems to be well liked and it, it's, it's fun to do. Who did you, um, who, when you were sort of growing up, who was on the radio that made you want to do it? Derek Flood, um, Tony Fenton. Um, it would have been a lot of DJs that were on local stations near me and like Derek Flood, they used to call me the son of Floody because I wanted to sound like, cause he sounded like a jock on the radio. Like I used to listen to him and go, he said nothing, but he sounded class doing it. And then there was uh Tony Fenton who was on 2FM. He was amazing as well. Like he was a just rocking jock, it, really, really high power radio. Um, so listening to both of those was kind of and as well as that there's a lot of pirate radio stations because up until 89 you had nova sunshine q and all of those stations that were called super pirates that all of the djs that were on them are still on the radio now so listening to them growing up was like wow that's the class job and i had no idea of what went along with it i had no idea that you know it was something that maybe somebody would ask your opinion about a concert or someone would ask you to do something or review something I just heard these guys and went, you said class, I want to do that. And I genuinely was lucky enough to do it. And again, that sounds cheesy, but it's, it's true. Isn't it funny the way, like for such a long time, you would have heard the phrase like theater of the mind. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I always liked, there was an element of escapism in radio. Almost you could, you were being a character, you know, all people were going on was your voice. Yeah. And then, you know, you could Portray to them who you want to be, and it's ultimately such a massive disappointment when they meet you. In the <laughs> but compared to that, then to now radio, where there's no theatre of the mind anymore. There, you know, there's cameras in studios. People take selfies that come up on the show today and put it on their socials. Uh, what do you think of the way the industry's changed, or has it had no choice but to? It's had no choice but to. But at one point, we had webcams in the studio. I don't know if you remember that, do you? Mm, I do. So what you got was, there was a webcam like this, right? And people, for some reason, watched it. But what they got was this. (laughs) 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 And that's what it was. And I'm like, Mm. why is there a webcam? So what I used to do is come in and take my cap off and see if I could get it onto the webcam and got it half the time. (laughs) But that was, (laughs) it was daft. But I mean... Radio is a professional environment where professionals will be required. And if your skill set is based around something other than the technology in front of you, the mic in front of you, and the capability to speak, if your mind is somewhere else, 
that's what it's going to sound like. So okay. it has to be on the desk. It has to be. It's like if you watch, I don't know, Elton John playing the piano. He he he's all at it. His fingers are independent of his mouth, and he's given all that. But that's all working together. But if you've got somebody on the radio who's thinking, "What the lights like in here? I need to swing in my chair and do a video." No, you don't. What happens if that goes off air right now? What are you going to do? And that that's my only f- concern about the way radio's going in that some people are getting in and they just, they're not as au fait with the stuff as they should be because that is one complicated piece of kit sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and the first thing I say when people come into the studio is, I know what all them buttons do. <laughs> <laughs> all of them? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. for the crack. <laughs> what, yeah, um, sorry, it is I, I, I just want to ask you what, and yeah. I, I'm completely taken over this, but I just want to ask you what to this point has been the highlight of your career? Is his camera frozen or is he thinking deeply? <laughs> um, I don't know. Meeting Garth Brooks okay. was a highlight. Um, Were you starstruck? Yeah. Met Lionel Richie too and I was starstruck. Mm-hmm. Really starstruck when I met Lionel Richie. Yeah, people like that. But then again, there's other people I met that I was let down with. Like I, I like a band called Earth, Wind & Fire. And I was like, I used to watch your DVD all the time and it was class and I know all the dance moves. But you must love... You were so um, influential in a band like Picture This getting to arena level in this country. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you hadn't have taken a punt and played their songs, that climb may never have happened or it would have been a hell of a lot slower. It's something that you, every now and again, you, you have you have to stand up for what you kind of believe in. If you believe in a band, support them. If you believe in an act or a genre of music, support it. Because otherwise, you know, you're kind of jumping on the bandwagon, which is pointless. But you, you have to have faith in it. And if they bring in an, an odd record you're not too enamored with, you know, you're presenting them to the fans. And there's many other artists like that, like there's True Tides and there's the Coronas. Uh, there's um, Brad Heidi, who's another amazing artist. And, you know, you'll have people that will come in and say, no, you're still playing these acts. I'm like, yeah, but you see when they're playing the SSE and you're, you know, looking to get in or, you know, there's promoters looking to book them. Well, the job's already done. They're already famous. They're already playing these venues. Where were you at the start? So have commitment into the bands and, you know, be part of the career. And that's what being part of radio is as well. You know, just having a love of music and being able to help bands along too. But it's great that a band like Picture This acknowledge your contribution because, you know, when you're standing side stage at something like Bellsonic and there's 20 or 30,000 people jumping up and down to their music and you're actually at the side of the stage and you were invited there by the band. Yeah, that's that's mind-blowing. And you, that's one thing when you're given a backstage pass for a concert, the first thing you do, or the first thing you don't do is is use it. <laughs> you, you just kind of go, oh, thank you very much, but I'm not. you're at work. You know, it's like them coming and standing behind me now going, well, Paul, what's happening? Uh, they're at work and you, you're you getting in their way. So if you're given that kind of access, you go, thank you. And then you go and watch the show. Um, but, you know, the geek in you, of course, wants to stand at the side of the stage and go, this is class. And it is. But you hear nothing, by the way. I went up yeah. on the stage for the picture this gig in uh, Belsonic and they all use the in-air monitors. So you hear nothing apart from. Right. Okay. You know, Jimmy beating the shit out of the drum kit. And 
that's all you can hear because the rest of it's in the in the monitors and you can hear nothing. So being in I that think, area, even the, even the even the view, I think like you, all, all you're seeing is a view of people's heads. So I, I yeah, always yeah. thought the view would be you know you're not seeing the backdrop, you're not seeing the screens. I always thought the worst position to be in. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, and you need to kind of experience that to kind of go, absolutely. That's, that's why all the management are at the front. That's why everybody's at the front watching the show. Um, but it's a very privileged position to be in that you never take for granted. But it's, it's fun, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's geeky fun stuff. <laughs> One thing uh, I, well, okay, two questions I, I have, first of all. In, for who? In, in the, uh, the whole radio talk about Beyonce, right? So Beyonce going country. This is my first Are We Convinced question. Um, obviously, I mean, two country fans. You're to meet Garth Brooks uh, and presenting country radio. What what do you make of Beyonce going country? As much as she makes of me. <laughs> I mean, Banford is the oracle of country music. So his opinion of it would be more, <laughs> his opinion of it would be more um, professional, if you like. What do you I think? I think to the casual fan or music fan, Beyonce fan, yeah. it's a bit of a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. But I think if you um, have any sort of knowledge of the modern country scene, um, the biggest acts in the genre today, Sam Hunt, Brett Young, Thomas Rhett. I mean, you could take their track, take their vocal off it, put Beyonce's vocal on it. So to me, it doesn't... And the fact she's from Texas, and there's elements of that song, Texas Hold'em, that sounds so much more country than a lot of today's top 40. Um, I don't know why people are getting their knickers in a twist. I I think... I think... um, Country radio in the States doesn't really play women. It'll play probably five, four or five, like a Miranda Lambert, Carrie Underwood, Lainey Wilson, Kelsey Ballerini. You know? So um, <laughs> I think for, for somebody who has just decided to make a country album, who now has hit number one on the charts, for that to be female, for that to be a black female... I think it's a shock to the the country system, the industry. They don't want to embrace this because it's still a, a genre that's completely controlled by the power of radio. Is that why Marin Morris kind of decided to go away? No, that was more about um, she clashed with Jason Aldean uh, and Jason's wife and the fact that the industry leapt the, the defense of Aldean uh, and the wife. Right, okay. She then sort of to, uh, well, I don't need you, but, um, but I mean, uh, you know, what is it they say? It's, um, don't they say this in like a pop radio, your, your target audience is like a middle-aged female, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mid- middle-aged female. And that's why if you listen to American country radio, it's primarily men because they say that women don't want to listen to other women. They want to listen to men. The men are all singing about beers and trucks because the big ad spenders on American country radio, the big sponsors of the big outdoor summer festivals that every act wants to be on are beer and truck manufacturers. So it really is a cynical. And even if a white man sings about love or heartbreak, the songs, unless it's a Luke Combs, but the songs climb so much slower or they'll drop off the charts around 20 something. You have to play the game. I think if, I mean, if Lionel Richie wrote country songs in the eighties and no one mm-hmm. batted an eyelid, 
for the likes of mm. Kenny Rogers. Um, and when you look at Beyonce, she's a pop artist recording a country song. And the biggest song of last year wasn't a country song at all. It was Fast Car, which wasn't a country song. So why was that welcomed by a country artist doing a non-country song? When a non-country artist does a country song, what's the difference? Yes, and you know, Keith Urban is regularly working, writing, working with someone like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, he put a track out a few years ago with Julia Michaels. Um, you know, Mara Morris has collaborated with John Mayer. Um, this is not, I don't really understand, but I think there, there's an element of um, country fans being a wee bit annoyed about they like it to be this weak, tight-knit community and they don't actually want it to be mainstream. And yeah. it actually annoys me a little bit, but I get it. Um, when you're seeing these, like, you know, pretty girls all over your social media putting on a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and doing a wee stupid dance to Texas Hold'em, that's because <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm a country fan now. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, when the, but, 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 you know, but it's country at the minute. It might be rock again next. It might be, you know, these things come in waves. Yeah. And the fact that... Beyonce, the fact Beyonce's doing it, you'll see a lot more pop artists now jumping on the bandwagon and it will speed up um, how quickly people become sick of it. And do you think it is a bandwagon of fans as well? Like when you mentioned like TikToks and all, like think of them in 10 years, they'll probably not be doing that. Along, well, to, even, along to country music. But I like, like even last night, uh, I was at Jordan Davis in the Ulster Hall. And when you look out at the crowd, it's check shirts and girls dress like they've just walked off the set of Yellowstone and yet you look at the singer on the stage and his band and he's wearing a t-shirt and jeans I, I'm glad like I've spent years beating my head against a wall with this stuff so the fact that I go on I laugh there's so many people who've said to me country music's crap I just don't get it and but I know they're big Beyonce fans and when I see them sharing this I'm going hold on Brad Paisley didn't work for you, but this does. <laughs> is it a bandwagon thing for Beyonce, do you think? Or is well, she generally... She, I don't know if you know that. But she put out an album years ago called Lemonade, and there was a, a country song on that. Uh, I think it was called Daddy Lessons. And then she performed it at the, the Country Music Awards with the Chicks. Back then, they were the Dixie Chicks. And I remember at that time, that caused a lot of controversy. In fact, there's a... a, a, a like legendary American country singer called Alan Jackson and he was sitting in the front row and actually on live TV walked out. So it's nothing new. No. None of this is new. But it's there's nothing else much going on in headlines at the moment. So it's the thing to talk about, which is Beyonce and country. And when anybody wants to question the validity of it, you ask what's its position in the Billboard charts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Beyonce too does tend to shift genres from album to album. Yeah, she remember she recorded uh, Break My Soul, the dance records, and dance fans lost their mind. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> no one cared. It was yeah. just, oh, that's okay, that's a dance record. But um, when you start to get into certain genres, that's like you're not going to hear anything other but country than uh, but country on a country radio station. So I think that's where they're kind of like finding a problem with it. Whereas... You know, but then you have to ask yourself, does it fit into pop radio when you hear it beside David Guetta, who I'm sure in about a week and a half is going to remix it. So <laughs> <laughs> when you ask an American country singer who their influences are, 
I struggle to think of one who's ever said a country singer. It's always Michael Jackson, Maroon 5, Def Leppard, you know, and you can hear that coming through in the music. And even last night at the Jordan Davis gig, he actually said, right, we're going to go off track here and we're going to do a bit of a melody of um, some of my favorite songs growing up, the songs that made me excited about music. And it was like um, Gavin DeGraw, Chariot. No, it was Gavin DeGraw, I Don't Want to Be, The Fray, How to Save a Life. Those are the only two I remember. There was he did about five songs, but not one of those five songs was a bloody country song. <laughs> right. My let, let's move on to my second question. Right. Second question is to do with tech, because a video came up on my feed with a guy. He went into this cafe and he's got the Apple Vision on. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's the goggles, the VR headset. Right. Um. He's going to the cafe. He's seeing the menu. He's seeing text messages from his partner, what she wants at the cafe. He's reading Facebook messages and so on. Does that type of tech terrify you? Can, can you imagine yourself in 10 years time walking around with a VR headset on? Yeah. I could imagine myself having a virtual reality girlfriend and her probably, <laughs> and her, and her probably leaving me. You're just a bit too weird for me, Stuart. All your, all your, blo- all your bloody country music. <laughs> um, <laughs> does it frighten me? No, I mean, you know what frightens me more? These little girl like, ghosts. <laughs> these, <laughs> my reflection. Um, <laughs> these people who must have the latest. You know, I must have the latest iPhone. I must have the latest, you know, what I watch or, you know, and they'd be the type of people that would come go running towards this. Um, I don't see the point, but I, mean, I, could, I feel like a knob sitting somewhere going like this, you mm. know. It's, have you, I mean, there's episodes of The Next Generation, where, Star Trek, where all of these things have happened. Like they've had the VR headsets, they've had remember that Pokemon thing where people walk around staring at their phones and they were totally just distracted by it. That was in an episode years ago. I mean, whatever's to be said for The Simpsons predicting the future, but this was in this was in Star Trek, and they were doing that. They were walking around with these things on, and you just become accustomed to whatever's acceptable because you know we're sitting doing this. This was impossible what, five years ago, maybe hmm. something like that. Where we're all sitting with, you know, co- like quality mics and cameras and all that stuff. So go back 10 years and what we're doing now would have been, you couldn't have thought of it. It yeah. wouldn't happen. And for you to be able to edit video, which is something that was always, oh, it must take ages. And now people are editing podcasts. They're editing audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI is ridiculous ridiculous when it comes to the capability of what it can do the beatles last record was testament to that you can now buy a plug-in for a hundred dollars where you can totally separate the vocal from a song so Mm -hmm. all of these things were impossible not just unthought of but impossible 20 years ago they were envisaged and quite expensive 10 years ago and now they're off the shelf things so it's gonna happen a lot quicker and it'll probably be Obviously, kids will get into it first, but yeah, I, I can absolutely see that happening. Um, and, and you know, it's a very real thing, like AI-generated radio presenters. I've yeah, I've, I've actually heard that on a few different places, um, and that doesn't freak me out just as much because 
you're always, no matter what's going on, you'll always need a, a professional because, you know, you'll have somebody who'll go, hey, we're going to invent an AI radio station. What do you guys talk about? Well, they'll need a professional to program this thing because they'll suddenly realize that, well, hold on, that just doesn't happen. And these people actually are professionals. And, you know, it's like talking into that. That's all you do, isn't it? Talking into that. And the scariest thing you can do to somebody is, yeah, that's all I do is talk into it. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, is it live? Yeah, it is. Of course it's live, you clown. So when it comes to all that stuff, they will need professionals to run it. And they will need, so it'll never become 100% AI DJ. And it'll never become 100% um, uh, Terminator yet. But even even like making music, like like it it not scares me, but it irritates me that now you can just go on and pick a chord from... You know, you can, package, yeah. uh, uh, and whereas my yeah. days, I was learning that, uh, and that, that, that part of it, I think, is uh, a shame. I think that is shame, yes. But when they're sitting down, going, dun, 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 and going, oh, that's what chord is that? Whereas you're going, I know where this progression is going to go next. And two days later, when they're still fiddling about with noises they think might sound like dead cool, you're going, well, that's an F sharp. And this song needs a diminished seventh because it's a sad record. And you know, when you have all this information. So yes, you can do that, but it also leaves it wide open as well for, you know, there's a couple of tunes at the moment, which are at the skill level of stuff and i don't want to sound like a dick doing it but it's a skill level of stuff that i was doing about 10 years ago maybe more so i've gone back to that and started working to the expected level of professionalism of what's being broadcast do 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 which is the easiest thing to make if you've any kind of knowledge whatsoever so i think you know whilst it may seem like everything is moving forward and technology is happening there's a lot of people starting to use this technology for the first time and making shit with it like <laughs> what is this yep. you know so then we have the, the capability to go back in and start making that stuff and make it sound better as well because you know you can build whatever you want from a, a bank of things but someone's going to have to be there to make that bank work someone has to play those notes in nothing happens by magic there always has to be somebody to be able to do it that's where i'm going to teach my kids to be I, trained in ai I, I did want to talk about your like the music you put out there as well because me coming from that music background, like I can't think of anything worse than sitting down to a computer and and putting the work in that you do. It can be so tedious, and it's just something that I would never want to go into and start putting music out there. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. There is, but the ones that take the longest are the ones that never happen. Two, right. three days ago, I started working on a song at a quarter past three. The next day at half five, I phoned a guy in a record company, and he went, "Oh my god, what are we doing with this?" can we do what are you doing with it can we do something with it and that was one of those songs which literally took no time so ones that do require effort are the ones that have something writing on them so um i've done music for commercials for like sony and all that kind of stuff um through work so they expect results. You can't just throw something together and hopefully it'll have a bit of a viral uh, popularity spike. They're expecting something from you. So when someone's asking for it, it's a great way of learning things as well. But again, it just involves music. But when someone's going, um, yeah, could you make the hi-hat just a little bit quieter and the bit in the middle, take that bit out. What bit? You know that bit. You just want 
to say something about this, don't you? So you can have your stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So, so, and if you're willing to put up with that, do it. Absolutely. But the messing about, every song I've ever released that's on Spotify was messing about, period. And it just happened to work. That's what annoyed me um, was, you know, an artist like Michael Jackson who put so much work into his albums and probably only, well, how many did he release in his lifetime? Probably about five, like solo albums. Yeah, yeah. And yet, as soon as he's dead, they're then using technology to, I mean, some of the vocals on those songs aren't even his. They're like AI generated. And then they took parts from multiple demos and just mashed it all together to create a song. And that's so, I don't get why anybody would get any pleasure out of listening to that. I don't. The last thing I want to hear are demo versions of things, you know, and uh, there was an album they had out by Jacko. I think it was just called Michael, where it was wasn't. I think it was maybe released in two thousand and ten, where it was actually said that it was the one behind the mask was on it, and it was leaked that half the vocals weren't even him. It was just let's get this out, stick his picture on it, and people will buy it. People. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So, but um, what do you think too of uh, the whole? Uh, what do you call those? Like the the the. Like AI generated artists concerts, the live shows now, artists that are dead, like bringing bringing Elvis back to life on stage. It's kind of weird because I don't know about you, but if you haven't seen him, you just haven't seen him, you know. And Sticks is watching the telly, only you're with a, a load of strangers and you're wanting to get a beer, which takes way too long. So I don't really understand that, but I haven't experienced it. Would you go to one? Like if if there was one tomorrow for Jacko, would you go? Well, I know Kiss, didn't they recently play their final ever show? And then as as they finished, it came up on screen that they're they're going to live on through you right, know, yeah. these kind of graphics. Yeah. And the backlash from their fans was like, this is the ultimate cash-in. How disrespectful. Uh, so it hasn't gone down well in that regard. But uh, I don't... I don't think I would. I don't, like, I... I depend... Like... I would love to have seen someone like James Brown. So if that came to like Belfast or Dublin and it was like 30 quid and there, there was a live band, it might actually be a good night. 30 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 300 quid, you know what I mean? 300 quid, yeah, it's more like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. I mean, what I can't understand is why two blokes and two girls don't get together and put on a tour, dress up like ABBA and mime to them. Yeah, I'd literally mime to their records because people would leave the concert going, they sound so like them. I, like, I can't understand why no one's done that. Well, there's some tribute acts that do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, Wedding bands I, what? I, I think, I think though that will spoil the, the want for music or the demand for music. Because think of, you know, if you're going to see someone who's big and, and they're, they're coming to, say, the SSE, and you kind of think, no, I'll not bother going to see them this time because I know in 10 years' time they'll be... Uh, AI version of them that comes and does a tour. Like, it's just, it's the appreciation will be lost. Yeah. But then, in the same respect, if you go to see like a big stadium act, like a, I don't know, like a Garth Brooks or like a Billy Joel or something, you probably, in the likes of Croke Park, spend most of the time just staring at the screens anyway. Mm, that's, that's, that's a true, very yeah. good point. Yeah. Very true, yeah. Mm. Never thought about that. <laughs> I was yeah. on ChatGBT. Ch- Ch- ChatGBT is not what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Yep. And PT is it? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, call, I called it. I called it an iWatch. It's a, it's an a, an Apple Watch, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I went onto it one day and be very careful because it's 
the stuff that the stuff that's on it is very very believable because uh, someone said type in your name and say write me a story about or tell me about Paul Kennedy and they put in radio after it and it started with um Paul Kennedy is a very talented presenter what a way to start yeah. pure lies <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but then it went on to say, <laughs> "Come on, lads, keep up." Um, it went on to say, "Then Paul broadcasts from one to four on the radio in Northern Ireland, and like what what it wrote was very, very believable, but none yeah. of it was true, mm-hmm. none of it. But it was well, very I, believable." I remember there was a while back at Countryline when they would use the software to because they didn't those involved were marketing guys so they didn't have a knowledge of country music so they were using the software to go like biography of carrie underwood and then i'd be sent a script to voice i would then send the audio to somebody else who would create graphics and they'd be turned into like reels or we short tiktoks but i'd be reading through these and not you know the dates of the releases of albums the sync we subtle things that your average person probably wouldn't even pick up on exactly yes yeah and that's where that's where that stuff is dangerous because the facts are ridiculously believable and presented by something that is, you know, coming from the internet, the font of all knowledge. It's literally taking words and writing stuff. And I, I think it, that side of it's quite dangerous. It can make people look really, really stupid because I don't think people realize how editable Wiki is. You can put up whatever yeah. you want on that. You know, treat but, that with the contempt it deserves. But also like on a Monday when you generally get a an alert on your fo- on your iPhone telling you how much screen time you've used over the past seven days. Yeah. And I go, it scares the life out of me. Absolutely. So if you're talking about the next step on from that is wearing a goddamn headset, like even, it can't even be good for your eyes or your brain. There, there was a video of a guy who, he was going to watch a football match, so he put the VR headset on and he walked into this room where his friends were and he could see his friends sitting in the room watching the match. They were all together and they were able to talk to each other via the headset. But they weren't there. They weren't in the room, but they were they were in the virtual room. His friends were in the room. But wow. not 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 in the physical room beside yeah, him. Yeah. They were in their own houses. I just that just, just blew my mind, even though I'm kind of I but, fay, this, but but you know that not sound kind of familiar, no? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not just do that? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Screen share. Yeah. Cheaper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, is, it, is it China where they they can pick your face up on CCTV and they know everything about you and they can send fines to your house Seen and that, yeah. they can they can just That's do everything? Whole fifteen minute city and oh, yeah. you, you, it's, it's it's apparently it's not even a fine it's it's part of your credits or something like That's that. It. And again, yeah. it's on the internet. So yep. again, I give it the the credit it deserves, which is the same people that encourage people to leave moving cars, dance to Drake, and eat you know yeah. tight hud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you kind of look at that and go, mm-hmm. all right. And then yeah. you see some of the air stuff that's generated where they go, look, this is fake. So that's mm-hmm. why I don't tend to believe a lot of that. But, you know, when you look at some of the big experiments that's happened uh, over the world over the past five years, um, you do have to kind of question what is going on and who's listening to what we're saying now. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's finish that question. Are we convinced by tech in general? I think we, uh, that's the question. Yes, I'm like, um, oh, 100%. Yes, mm. I am absolutely convinced by tech, but it needs to be used by people who, who know what they're doing. 
Have fun with it, by all means. But if it's going to take over anything, oh, yeah, it's happening. Because, I mean, during the pandemic, what I was doing used to cost, used to, first of all, take the cast of thousands and about four and a half thousand pound a day to make this happen with ISDN lines and UBT lines going into broadcast. Now you can just do it from home. Um, so if that is a tip of the iceberg, oh, yeah, there's it's unfathomable what's coming, unreal. And I, you, know, you look back and you think by 2024, um, there'll be flying cars and you look at Back to the Future and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think technology is just taking a different route because someone kind of went, actually, you know what? We don't need flying cars. I do believe they're a thing. And someone just went, not yet. Let's give them mobile phones and, you know, smart cameras for the house. And let's, let's distract them with, you know, um, Alexa lights off type thing. <laughs> and, you know, that's... I think that's what we've been given at the moment. Who who knows what's coming next? But yeah, absolutely, hundred percent believe in it. Can, can I ask next for for you? Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? As in Me? your own podcast? Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's one of my good friends, a fellow called uh, Brian Whitehead, who keeps on saying to me, "Why have you never done a podcast?" He said, "The amount of shite that I listen to." He said, "I wouldn't mind listening to your shite." <laughs> exactly, uh, <laughs> and that was uh, it. Is it is it time? Is it what, yeah. what is it? Yeah, time. it is. It's it's time, and it's also because I want to do one that's kind of music based, and I want to do ones with the likes of you know like the Coronas and Picture This and uh, Pashihi and uh, Moncrief and all that. But it's just mm-hmm. getting all of their stuff together so we can get it all done and get it out. But it's I like to do something new every year, and this year I want to do a podcast. And, you know, it'll be 10 episodes or something like that. And hopefully people will listen to it. I don't know. And, and I can do, you know, the probably, I can only assume you spend so much of your, your typical working day, either in a radio studio or, you know, Here. something radio, radio related. Yeah. So probably in your spare time, it's not the greatest motivate. You're not awfully motivated to just do more of that again. I kind of would if it was, if there was a, an ending to it where it's like, right, we'll get these 10 episodes done. Here's what it's going to require to get it done. And it'll be out there forever. And it's, you know, it's, it's not a, a never ending thing. Um, I'm sure there's people wondering when this, it's going to come to an end, the rubbish I'm talking. Um, but I think. I thought you meant this podcast. Technically I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, um, I think, yeah, if it's got a, if it's got a start, the middle and an end and you can get it done, that that'll work for me. To go full circle with radio, do do you feel threatened? Do you think radio feels threatened by podcasts? I don't think so because radio will always need the kind of spontaneity of what's going to happen next. A podcast is a theme, um, and it is something that people get into, but it's within the genre that they like. So, if it was a case of podcasts taking over from radio, they have to live together. Otherwise, I haven't got a job. <laughs> But I guess, so, you know, actually, when, when you say that, I just thought, well, no, live radio, you're not live radio. You're not going to be able to replicate that, I suppose. No, you can't you replicate know, live radio. And as well as that, you know, any kind of Spotify playlist or any kind of um, anything that's on streaming services has been curated to your style. So it will follow on with something you like and you like and you like. And eventually you'll go. I want to hear something different. And when are you going to get introduced to something different if you're constantly in your own comfort zone of next, 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 and an algorithm picking because you listen to the Happy Monday series of Stone Roses and here you might like Happy and or, um, Echo and the Bunny Men or something like that. 
And then before you know it, you're listening to New Order's greatest hits. But it's all within that bubble of what you deem to be comfortable. But if you listen to the radio, at what point during a presented playlist are you going to go, oh, I haven't heard that song in ages? Mm -hmm. Or what's that song? You'll never get that with Spotify, but you will. You will get that with radio. And I hope you still keep getting that with radio. Are you familiar with podcast radio? Um, No, I haven't seen it. It's a station in the States where... The output is just, say you have an hour-long podcast episode, however long it is, you send them, because I've done it, you send them like, I think it's between 7 or 14 minutes. Yeah. And then you record, you know, an ending to it where you go, if you like this, this is the name of the podcast, please like and subscribe, please. You know, so it's just like 7 to 14 minutes clips of various different podcasts and you might find two or three that you like. Oh, that's cool, actually. That's good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's there going, how do I get my gig into that? <laughs> <laughs> do I get my notepad out? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's everything I have in my in my Are You Convinced pile that I, that has been answered. Um, thanks so much for coming on this podcast. The first To be the first podcast that you've been on as well, can you rate your experience out of 10? Um, you have to say, am I convinced? Are you convinced? Is that not the natural ending, no? Oh, Jesus, no. dude. We actually have no <laughs> By the way, do you know what I was going to call my podcast? Uh-huh. I've just thought of it. Um, and I was told, actually, said to my mate, I've got an idea for the podcast, right? And here's the title. And he goes, right, hit me with it. I went, it's called The Acoustic Toothbrush. Right. And he goes, what? And I said, that's the first question. Do you use an acoustic toothbrush or are you, are you electric toothbrush? And he goes, I've never heard such shite in my life. (laughs) I thought that was inspired. I really did. So I have to come up with a different name. So um, that's what the podcast won't be called. But yes, no, I enjoy doing a podcast. I've never done one before. Um, It's not a case of there's an hour of my life. I'm never getting back like the sarcastic posts that were put out recently. Um, But no, I enjoyed it. It was good crack. And it's also, it's nice to just, talk rubbish for no other reason than to talk rubbish <laughs> hopefully someone likes it <laughs> do you enjoy this um uh, ability to express an opinion speak open and honestly as a as a commercial radio presenter do you get something are you getting something unique out of this yeah because at no point did i tell you what time it was or what the weather's going to be or the next two three tunes i'm going to listen to it yeah. was yeah absolutely very different to be speaking into a microphone and not having to to worry or not having to mess up or, you know, the battery's going to die. So what? I'll plug it in or whatever. Yeah. It's, it was could you, very, could you imagine, different. could you imagine being on a podcast and having to, you know, sell the upcoming topics that you're going to be talking about in a wee while, but for now we're talking about this topic. Yeah. It just wouldn't make sense. Just, yeah. It's not the natural way it's to speak world, or yeah. communicate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. You've made me reconsider my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. what I, I mean. I'm sure that they're making a fortune off it, but that drives me nuts in podcasts when there's there's something very engaging going on and they go like, hold that thought. Now, when it comes to health supplements, you know, and then they, they do their live read and then they just go back to their normal conversation. Everything, by the way, around me is for sale. It's all product placement. <laughs> I, I entered this podcast, educated man. Chair for sale, hat for sale, mic 
for sale. Yeah. Just give us the number to text and we'll enter the the, the comp for the for the hat. Yeah. You said you said that the podcast doesn't have at this point a natural ending. And I was thinking the last week when we exceeded the time that you'd booked the room for, and I thought some woman was gonna rap on the door and say, Get out, that was yeah. the ending, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the the generic ending is is thanks for listening and because I do you know what this is a final note because I have to go in five minutes. Um the uh <laughs> I was looking at the where the location of people, and maybe you do this as well with your music that you're you're putting out. Do you ever look at where people are listening from? And does it scare you to see some of those locations? It's weird when you get a text in because when I was doing stuff on Countryline, I was getting contact from people in like Liverpool and Manchester, and I'm going, "Wow, that's mm. that's really strange." Um, and someone takes the time to contact you like that and you know if they contact you via email they have to put the location in it's part of having to click send otherwise it comes up with a red box beside it but yeah sometimes it's a bit mad knowing that the, the people listening in parts of places you've never been to it is kind of weird and the weird thing about being on the radio is everybody knows exactly what you're doing at that time but you've no idea what they're doing yeah that's weird there's there's one one person in belgium who has downloaded every single episode and who's listened to every single episode really Hmm? This? Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> sound so surprised. <laughs> wow. Um, but, you know, so sorry. It, it just it, it freaks me out a wee bit, you know, just it, that people can find you so easily now these days. Oh, yeah. But, you know, don't make it too easy to find you. Like, make sure you have nothing in the background with your address written on it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, on, that. on, on my final thought, there is a guy, I don't know if you've seen him. Uh, what's his name? And he he wants you to send him videos on TikTok and he can find your exact location. And he does it every single time. I must find what his name is. Um, And, and he finds little details just in the background, like you were saying there, like a, a building. Oh, yes, or yes. A, I've seen stuff like that where people are, you know, never post when you're on holidays, never walk around your house with your camera because they'll take yep. a look outside a window. I, I'm really aware of all that stuff. I That stuff Jose, freaks me out. Uh, Jose Monkey, you call him Jose Monkey. And he, he has got one million followers and that's all he does. He just finds people's location just by their video. And it's insane. It, it, it's scary. Like, even when he zooms into a building and he sees a certain poster on a, on a, on a window or, a, a, you know, yeah. he looks at a parking sign. Just oh, unbelievable. But there you are. Fantastic. Thank you so much to my guest hosts, for this episode, Stuart Bamford and Paul Kennedy. If you did enjoy the episode, please do hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. And of course, you can follow our socials as well. We're on TikTok and Instagram at Are We Convinced? Mm-hmm.